Hi, this is Savannah. And this is Brian from the Dorky Diva Show. And you're listening to Star Wars. The best place for below average Star Wars. In a world where people need 80s and 90s movie reviews, two regular Geordies combine forces to bring you the Brother to Brother 80s and 90s movie review podcast. Check them out on Twitter, YouTube, and all decent podcast vendors. Hello there, and welcome to the Star Wars Show, the best place for below average Star Wars. I'm the Jolly Jedi Pete. And I'm Jason Hondo Ling. And welcome to a brand new episode of Star Wars. Jason, how are you doing, mate? Yeah, pretty good, Pete. Good to have a chance to catch up again. Definitely. It's been a while. Obviously, it's been about 10 days since our last episode went out. Um... And we're back with a brand new episode. Lots to talk about. Let's dive straight in. Um, the first talking point is there's been an article released with rumoured titles for the upcoming series, The Book of Boba Fett, obviously coming this Christmas time to Disney+. Plus. Um, Jason, do you want to take the lead on this one? Let us know what's been said about the titles for The Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, sure. Um, it's from a site called giantfreakingrobot.com. Um, which I've, I've sort of seen several articles about stuff. Um, obviously, these are all purely rumours, um, but it's quite interesting. Um, Pete and I have had a discussion. They've got the eight-episode titles, um, and they, they sound real, but then again, at the same time, as we said, we could quite easily come up with the same titles. But similarly to The Mandalorian, so the first episode we've got is The Champion. Then we've got Episode 2, The Assassin. Episode 3, The Syndicate. Episode 4, The Battleground. 5, The Homeworld. 6, The Warlord. 7, The Showdown. And 8, The Hunter. Um, so they're all pretty standard, all could link to Boba Fett. You know, so could they be real? Could they not? Um, but the interesting thing that they have said is that the um, Book of Boba Fett is going to be chapter titled as 17 to 24. So as a continuation from The Mandalorian. Whether this is true, it sort of makes sense. Um, I think you'd agree with that, wouldn't you, Pete? I think if this series, The Book of Boba Fett, is going to be part of this storytelling that Kathleen Kennedy hinted at, where we're going to have three or four series that all tell one story and it all links into one big cinematic moment, like an Avengers movie down the line, I think it makes sense to have this. This is the next series, so this will be 1724, and then Mando Season 3 will come out, and that will be Episode 25 and onwards. Um, 
when Ahsoka comes, wherever that fits in, whatever number's next, that takes over uh, as the build towards this um, cinematic team-up, as Kathleen Kennedy described it. Um, so to me, that's exciting. That makes sense. You know, we've got these three or four series that are going to tie into each other at the end. Um, I think the likes of Kenobi and that won't because they're obviously something different. Um, but, you know, I think Book of Buffett, Mandalorian, Ahsoka, um, if they ever get Rangers of the New Republic back up and running, I think that'll be the same as well. Uh, all part of this part of um, sharing episode titles, um, like sharing chapter numbers. Um, and then that'll be how you watch it going into the mega main event, whether it's a movie or whether it's just like a four-part series or whatever it is they decide to do with that. But whatever the, the big moment is, um, whether that's got an animal thrown and here to the Empire-esque or not, who knows. But I think like, that's that's what they're building the board, something like that. And I think it makes sense to run the chapters that way. It's exciting. Um, makes me think that the long-term storytelling plans there, which, you know, some people said that wasn't, that was one of the things they didn't like about the sequel trilogy was the long-term story planning. It seems like with this, the long-term story planning is there. Um, so that's decent. Um, as for the episode titles themselves, I think like if I was to make a list of 100 episode titles for Boba Fett series, these would be on the list. I think it's quite makes sense, but it's also quite generic. Like If you think Boba Fett, you think Crime Syndicate, so you think Syndicate. If you think Boba Fett, you think Homeworld, possibly Camino. You think Boba Fett, you think Bounty Hunter, Hunter. Like, it, it, you know what I mean? I think it, it, they're not really, you know, they make sense, but also, you know, I think my five-year-old cousin could probably come up with them as episode titles as well. Um, I think for me, obviously, a lot of the main sites haven't run it. Jedi News hasn't run it. Uh, Track hasn't run it. Um, I haven't really seen it much on Twitter, like people talking about much. So I think, obviously, it is just a rumour. I think in the article, you said, Jason, that they don't actually cite the source for where they got the information from, so... That's um, right, yeah. Yeah, take it with a pinch of salt. So yeah, take it with a pinch of salt, but I am excited about the fact that we could get the chapters rolling on from Mandalorian Season 2, which I think is quite a cool and unique thing to do. Yeah, definitely. Um, that is that is the thing with me. And like you say, um, it makes you wonder whether this is, you know, we've had the Skywalker saga. Is this our Mandalorian saga? Um, which would, you know, be really exciting. Um, I think I saw a rumour today that um, Ahsoka isn't due out until 2023 now. I think they're saying that it's after Mandalorian Season 3 is going to be next, and then it'll be the Ahsoka series. So that, that would make sense as well. Yeah, and that time frame makes sense. I think, you know, we've got a lot coming. So, you know, we've got Star Wars Visions has just been released. Then we've got Brook of Boba Fett coming this Christmas. Then next year, we've got Andor in 2022. We've got Kenobi yeah. in 2022. We've got Bad Batch Season 2, 2022. Um, so, yeah, it makes sense for Ahsoka to come in 2023. You know, we might even get Brook of Boba Fett Season 2 at the end of 2022 as well. So... You know, I think I think it makes sense. You know, Ahsoka's not in production yet. Um, they've got to make the thing. It takes time. It takes skill. Um, so I think that's just natural for that to come in 2023. So I think, you know, we'll probably look at the end of 2023 or 2024 before we get this super event that Kathleen Kennedy was on about. You know, we've yeah, got to remember definitely... the Avengers movies 10 years. 
it took the Avengers ten years to get from Iron Man to Inver- to the end of the Avengers storyline. Ten years. Yeah, what an epic series that was. It's um, you know, so it's an exciting time for us as Star Wars fans, that's for sure. Um Yeah. I don't think it'll be ten years, but I think you know we've got to be we've got to be patient. It's probably gonna be like, you know, at least five years from when she announced it, which was last year. Well, I don't know, I can cope with ten years of Star Wars. I just don't think, I don't think they've got enough series like planned in to do ten years of storytelling, like do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, it's it's but then again, you know, a, a, there's a lot of different angles that they could take it from. So uh, yeah, it's um it, it's exciting times with what we got. Um I did see that they were talking oh are the fans gonna get Star Wars fatigue? And I'm like, nah, no one's gonna get Star Wars fatigue at the moment. I think as long as you make good Star Wars, and you know, if you make, if they start, if they start missing as much as they hit, that's when you get fatigued. You know, when when there's like too much mediocre, it's like I'm tuning in, I'm not enjoying. Like, do you know what I mean? So as long as they keep making good product, then fatigue won't exist. But if they start getting making mediocre product, that's when there'll be an issue. But like I said at the minute, they don't seem to be doing that, which is good. Um, as long as the market yeah, is def- properly. Um, Yeah, it was. Um, ahead, it's funny. I I just um, as you say about that, I don't know if you saw the recent um, stuff about Marsha Lucas. Obviously, George Lucas's ex-wife, who was also the editor yeah. on the original New Hope, and her comments about obviously how she wasn't happy about the sequels because they didn't have a clear story. I think that's where that's why the films got the fatigue, and I think you're right there, Pete. I mean, it, not I mean, I don't really go on about about those comments. Cause I think it's a bit you know you haven't been in this loop for like twenty odd years now. Like, do you know I mean why why come out now and say things? I think marketing solo was marketed really poorly, really poorly, um, and then that ran into sort of the rise of Skywalker marketing as well. Like, you know, the products not being on the shelves, bit, bit not really on top of it marketing-wise from Lucasfilm and Disney. Um, like, do you know what I mean? I think if you market, if you make a good product and you market it properly, that's probably the, the two biggest things for me, I think, is, 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 is what you need to get on top of, especially for a TV show. Um, you know, Marshall, everyone's out of the opinion, but like, you know, I think I think it's easy to. I mean, I I did not like Rise of Skywalker, but I could easily come in here every week and call it names. But you know, I choose not to do that. But I think um, it 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 it's happened. We just need to move on. Like those who who love it, love it. Those who don't, like I said, we've got Book of Boba Fett around the corner, Mandalorian season three coming. Like there's plenty coming for those for those who yeah, want something de- different. Yeah, definitely, um, and. It's um, interesting to see, you know, obviously where they seem to be picking up from the best bits of the expanded universe as well, and hopefully some of that's going to be a bit of fun. Maybe again, again, I don't think it's the best bit. I think it's just, you know, bits that that the creators are aware of. Like, do you know what I mean? 
I don't think they've got a team sitting seat, like going through stuff going, oh, this is good, this is good. I think it's a case of like they're aware of certain aspects, let's bring these characters in. Why not? But I think it's I think it's quite organic. Yeah, you, definitely. You know what I mean? Yeah, obviously with the story group and the likes of Pablo Hidalgo, you know, these guys are experts. They've read all the expanded universe, you know. They've been into Star Wars for so long, so that obviously they're the guys that know what's going to fit with the new plans. Um, so that's the one thing that, um, as I know we've discussed before, you know, John Favreau and Dave Filoni seem to be making use of that group and making sure that everything fits together in a nice little package. Hopefully, mate, and long may I continue, because that's what we need. Um, obviously, speaking of the stuff on Disney+, Plus, The Mandalorian uh, has now got semi award, seven Emmy Awards, um, which is quite good. Um, it got for Outstanding Music Composition for a series. It got uh, Outstanding Visual Effects for in a series and a movie. It got Outstanding Stunt Coordination, Outstanding Stunt Performance, um, Outstanding Cinematography for a single camera series. Outstanding prosthetic makeup, uh, outstanding sound mixing for a comedy or drama. So it's done quite well at the Emmys, has uh, Mando season two. Yeah, rightly so. You know, I think um, it was quite interesting because um, obviously, like for the acting awards, it was pretty noticeable that, again, a lot of the more sci fi fantasy stuff got left alone. Um, which has sort of brought a few comments from the community. But obviously, you know, the fact, let's face it, when you look at the special effects, what was done with the Mandalorian, it's groundbreaking stuff. And and also with the soundtrack, you know, the, the, the score is just, I think, one of the most beautiful scores on television at the moment. Yep, and it's definitely one of those awards, which is good. I think for as for for acting, I think, um, you know, the performances were all good, but not at any time was I like, this is a two out of four in performance. If that makes sense. So I think you yeah, know, that, other shows that lend themselves to more human drama, more human behavior. Like, do you know what I mean like, yes, the Mando looks like I'd, I'd, I'd see when he gives away Grogu. That's really powerful, but like it is 10 seconds where there's other shows where people are doing that for half an hour every episode. That's true, very true. Um, also, speaking of the Emmys, um, Hugh McGregor was briefly talking about Obi Wan Kenobi. He says it will not disappoint. Um, he says the finish shooting the series uh, was really good fun, he says. He says he really enjoyed working with Deborah Chow. Uh, he thinks it won't disappoint. Um, he then talks a bit about the technology and how it was cool. Um, it was a different experience for him. Um, so, yeah, he hasn't really said much, but, you know, I think, you know, hopefully it's going to be powerful. Who knows what it's going to be about. Um, like, story-wise, are we going to see him stuck on one planet the whole time? Or are we going to see him travelling? We won't know until we see, till we see a trailer, I suppose. Um, but no good to see him out and talking about it. Um, obviously, it has wrapped now, so... Now it's kind of get chatting, get some buzz ahead of ahead of it getting released next year. Yeah, definitely. There's going to be a lot of excitement now building up 
to that series. Um, you know, I can't wait to see it. Um, and I think the character of Obi-Wan, you know, let's face it, for the screen time that Sir Alec Guinness had, um, he created a character that was just mythical almost in Star Wars. But I have to admit, out of all of the prequels, I think it was Ewan McGregor that if it hadn't had such a strong performance from him, I think there would have been even more hatred for the prequels. Maybe, maybe. I think um, obviously Ewan was accepting an Emmy Award for lead actor for his role in Halston, which is on Netflix. If you want to check that out, limited series on Netflix. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so speaking of who won, who won the Emmy Awards, like he he won for lead actor, um, fully deserved. Moving on from that, um, obviously we've got the IDW publishing possibly losing the rights to the uh, rights to Star Wars Adventures. Um, Jason, do you want to tell us about that? Yeah, it's purely a rumor at the moment, as far as I can take out. Um, the The story is that they um, because IDW obviously Marvel print. The me the more um adult orientated comic books IDW is firmly based at the junior market um and some of their books are um comics are absolutely brilliant um and like obviously Cavan Scott's created the, the stories from Vader's Castle um which I know there's a new series just started now ready leading up to Halloween. Um, and so it's quite sad, and I know Mark Alders will be particularly gutted if we see the end of the Star Wars adventures um, as it is at the moment. Now, the rumour is that Disney are looking to hand it over to um, the junior novels to Scholastic, who are obviously quite a large publishing group, do a lot of junior media stuff. Um, I think they've already done quite a few Star Wars pieces in the past. Um, but, yeah, from my point of view, you know, I've read some of the stuff from IDW. I have to admit, because their output is quite vast, I, I'm struggling to keep up with it all. But, um, but yeah, it, I think that would be pretty sad if that happens. Um, but, obviously, you know, Money Talks and their Disney and Lucasfilm go with whatever happens to be the best fit for their publishing at the time. Would it actually affect the product? So I know, obviously, if you, you move publishing house, yeah, but those creators and those stories aren't copyrighted to IDW, so surely the series just moves to a new home. I'm, I'm not sure how that will work with... Uh, I would like to hope that it would do. Um, but I know, you know, when you look at the stuff that IDW've done over in the last few years, um, and um, I think obviously now Cavan Scott is heavily involved with Lucasfilm, but I think that was through his work with IDW that he bought in, got bought into the fold with that. Um, but yeah, no, it's like you say, it could just move to the. Um, house i'm not completely sure on the ins and outs of that but whether scholastic would carry on the star wars adventures or whether they create something new um i suppose only time will tell 
Yeah, I suppose. I mean, if Star Wars franchise sells well, which I, I don't know if it does, but if that sells really well, I, I don't, I don't see why they want to get rid of it. If you take obviously Dark Horse used to do the Star Wars comics in the nineties and early two thousands, um, Disney merger happens, Disney put it out of Marvel in twenty fifteen, um, but then you have the the Darth Maul story, Son of Dathomir, which was published by Dark Horse. Um, obviously, you couldn't get it; it was the only comic, the only comic that was canon. It was going for big money online, over two hundred dollars, and then Marvel republished the comic like for like. From the Dark Horse print, uh, back in yeah. trade paperback for cheap. So, goes short like these comics, these comic, these companies like you know, Lucasfilm and Disney aren't stupid. Like they might give you the right to sort of publish stories, and you pay for that right. But like the stories aren't yours; they're theirs. Yeah, very true. So, so uh, hope, yeah. hope, hopefully that will be the case. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, I seem to remember um, I haven't had a look at the reviews properly this weekend, but I think Steve's already um, done a review on Jedi News and I think it's sorry, I'm just trying to frantically find it. I had it in front of me a minute ago. Do, 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 do. There we go. Sorry, um, I'm trying to remember the title, um, but obviously that also ties in because there's lots of stuff coming up for Halloween at the moment with Star Wars, which is looking great. I want to say, yeah. So we've got the we've got the Star Wars Lego Halloween special coming to Disney Plus. Have you seen the trailer for that? I have. As uh, Ghost of Vader's Castle is the comic book. Um, yes, the trailer is absolutely brilliant. Um, really exciting. Um, obviously, Vader's Castle, they brought out the Lego kit, I think it was two years ago now, um, which was, uh, well, I actually saw it in person for the first time last weekend, and it is really nice little kit um obviously we got a glimpse of the castle in rogue one and now yeah they've um so they've sort of took on as i say idw for the last i think it's three or four years have been doing these ghosts or these stories from vader's castle um so obviously lucasfilm have gone with that have gone and done this animation um it was quite interesting because obviously poe dameron features in the trailer um there's there's loads of little in jokes um but it does look like it's going to be a lot of fun um and obviously you know any of the lego films when you get vader i think the emperor is going to be in it as well so you know you just get lots of fun with those characters and the lego stuff just goes but there's also online a series of short halloween shorts again to tie into this um i found them on youtube this weekend and they're well worth a look i think if you just type in lego halloween shorts it'll come straight up um or I think we've even got a link on Jedi News. Um, but it is, they're really good fun shorts. There's some brilliant ones with 
Boba Fett, the Mandalorian, Fennec Shand. Um, obviously, Grogu gets a little bit of an appearance in there. Um, the Bad Batch, they've done some of those ones for the shorts. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing what this episode has to offer for um, Halloween. And when does it get released? Do you know, is it just is it on Halloween or like before? I, th- I think it is on Halloween. I'm just trying to find out, but I haven't. I haven't seen a release date. It may actually be just about a week before Halloween, but I'm not sure. But it, it will make sense to go a week before because it means you can spread your spread your viewers out over the week. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know. Um, the the holiday you know i think i'm trying to think when the holiday special came out last year um but it does look like this is being done very similar way to the hollow um the holiday special that they did last year yeah well hopefully it's going to be good looking forward to it um News of some changes within Lucasfilm. Um, Lynn Hale, who's long been the head of publicity and communications for Lucasfilm, will be retiring this year. Um, you know, she's done 35 years with Lucasfilm, um, being there through the George era into the Disney era. Um, obviously, the Hollywood Reporter saying that Disney's own Chris Coxall uh, has been tapped to replace Hale as the new VP of publicity and communications. Um, Within that, his new role, he will serve as the primary spokesperson for Lucasfilm and develop its overall communication strategy. He will lead publicity on all Lucasfilm features and episodic projects and oversee fan relations. He also creates strategic communication plans for initiatives such as May the 4th and the fan convention Star Wars Celebration. He will continue to work closely with the Disney Studios publicity team. Um, so Lucasfilm may come with a bit more corporate Disney with this move. Um probably the right move you know she's retiring and you know you need to put someone in there who's who's going to be more on board with the global planning of the Walt Disney Company because that's that's what you're part of now um like I said I, I've been quite vocal with how I thought Solo was very pu- very poorly promoted um and that fed into Rise of Skywalker in my opinion um so it'll be interesting to see how 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 things change that way um Obviously, you know, talk about the fan convention, Star Wars Celebration. I do hope they get that out of America sometime soon because it's been in America for quite a few years now. And I think the fans in the rest of the world need a chance to go to a Star Wars Celebration. What's your thoughts on that, Jason? Well, as you know, as far as I'm concerned, any conventions, um, I'm happy to turn up and see the guys dressed up and, you know, interact with stars of the world of star wars definitely um you know i missed out on celebration london so i'd love to be able to go to one um but yeah it's um i'd like to think that sooner or later they'll get back towards europe and that um certainly um you know, there's room for it to happen because obviously over in America they they get the D twenty like the Disney stuff, so they can still do a lot of the Star Wars stuff in that. So maybe travelling around with the actual Star Wars celebration 
um, would be a bit more interesting. Uh, but yeah, no, it's good to see, um, as we were discussing earlier, the cons are starting to open back up. I know the guys are working hard. Um, it's quite interesting on the forums to see a lot of the guys finally pleased to be able to, you know, um, suit up after 18 months to two years since they've actually suited up on a um, troop. Um, and I know, I know a couple of my friends are really throwing themselves into it at the moment. Um, and also, you know, it's great to see them back doing some um, charity work and raising money as they do best. Um, so, yeah, exciting times now that we can start getting out and about. Let's face it, if you're in a stormtrooper, you've got the perfect face mask. Yes, indeed, mate, indeed. Um, yeah, my only worry for celebrations not coming out of America is that I've got a feeling they're going to bounce around the West Coast and East Coast just, just so that can, people can pay money to go to Star Wars land. Yeah. At the Disney parks. I think that's the strategy, I'm afraid. Yeah, I know what you mean there. Um, it, it's almost like celebration has took over from what used to be the old Star Wars weekends at the... Um, Disney resorts and that, which is sad in some ways because it would be nice, you know. I'd like to see them start doing the Star Wars weekends like they used to do, and I'm surprised they don't. When you've got Galaxy's Edge to, you know, to build on that, I think they'd fill the place to the brim. Um, but yeah, I think that I think they've almost stolen. Star Wars celebration to take over from those Star Wars weekends. Yeah, definitely. And then also tying into that, looks like the exterior for the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser Hotel, which is in Florida, um, in part of the Star Wars Galaxy's experience there, um, has been completed. Um, so, obviously well, just got the insides to finish there, which is Good news for those who are wanting to stay there after the Gatic Star Cruiser Hotel. Um, very, very sort of, you know, it's going to be going to be ready before you know it, I would imagine. Um, yeah, that's something I quite like the idea of going over to, but I think I'm going to have to start saving my pocket money. The problem they've got is that, so the way it's been priced, so for, for, for UK people to go to Florida, okay, it's best to go and you get like your 14 day tickets for the price of seven. You get that for Disney and for Universal, okay? Yeah. Like this is like you pay extra to stay in a hotel and you get like a, to go in the hotel one, you get to go in the hotel for like two nights and then you get to go in the park. So like it, it's priced from, it's, the way it's been priced and the way it's been set up is for, is for like mainland Americans. Like, it doesn't fit into the thing at UK Holiday Farm. If you just, like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's not priced in a way or set up in a way where you can do all the Disney parks in the same holiday. Yeah, no, I, I, they're sort of focusing it more on being a Star Wars experience, uh, not where, like, you or I want to go there to exper experience the American experience. But but you could you could price plan it though in a way where yes I'll happily do two nights there, 
but then it's like it's an add-on on top of me park tickets in Disney Hotel, me normal for, for me fourteen day stay. Yeah. So that makes sense, yeah. but that's not available. So they've sort of like they've they've made it sort of it's say that the people flying in are gonna do that for two days and get out, which is what people in America do. So yeah. like again, I think you need to look at once it starts, have a look at that and see like, you know, like how, how can we make this more friendly, affordable and uh, logistically possible for people from outside of America to visit. It's one of those things that, um, you know, I think almost, and whether it's partly because of what's been happening, obviously with the pandemic, that they're sort of targeting the American audience to begin with. Maybe in time they'll get their heads around it and price it in a way that it'll be a little bit more in line with everything for you know the foreign market. Yeah, and like I said, it's not just the price point; it needs to be available as an add-on. So, like, you know, what I mean, like I said, you, by the sounds of it, you can just you can book that; it's its own thing. You book it, but like I said, if 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 people from outside of America are going there, they've probably got like a holiday like planned and booked. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, if, if you're telling me that like, between doing that or doing Disney Parks for seven days, I'm going to choose Disney Parks for seven days because I still get to do Galaxy Edge. I just want to do the hotel. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get that. Yeah, definitely. So I think we need to definitely look at look at that going forward because, um, yeah, I think it's just it's just not suitable for anyone. Sort of who's in Asia, who's in Europe. Who's going to be traveling in and spending a couple of weeks there? Like it's it, it's not it's not price planned or available to book in a way where you can add it to your already booked holiday or add it to your plans. Yeah, which I think will make it a lot easier and people be a lot more interested in it if it was like that. Yeah, it's. Um, I think at the moment they're just promoting it as an experience, aren't they? Rather than as an active hotel sort of thing. Yeah, but I mean, like, if you look at how Universal do it, I mean, some one things I've heard from people who go to these parks a lot is that how Universal absolutely nailed the Harry Potter experience, and how and how Galaxy's Edge lacks a bit. Yeah, in comparison, which is sad. Yeah, I have to admit but that's 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 the general consensus over there. Yeah, uh, I have to admit when I see the because obviously there's loads of YouTube videos. My kids love watching it to do with Harry Potter and the experience over there, and it does look amazing. And although Galaxy's Edge looks amazing too, it just looks like it's only got a few little bits that you've seen on everything, and, you know, the the rest of the experience is almost like a walkthrough. Um, But, yeah, um, hopefully time will improve it. Um, I think I saw that they're doing a bit of an improvement on Galaxy's Edge at the moment in bringing in different characters um, for the walking characters, along with like Ray, Chewbacca and Kylo Ren. Um, And I think there was even rumours of they were almost changing the setting of when you visit Galaxy's Edge in the time period of Star Wars. Yeah. Obviously, speaking of Disney and Star Wars, we've got um, Disney Plus Day coming on November 12th, I think it is. Um, obviously, I spoke about it at length last week on the episode, on the podcast. What's your thoughts on on uh, Disney Plus Day, Jason, and what you're looking forward to seeing? 
yeah, I'm really, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing loads and loads of information about new series. Obviously, they've announced that there's going to be the um, documentary about, or almost, it sounds like a documentary about Boba Fett and the history of the character um, in the build-up to, obviously, the book of Boba Fett. Um, the only thing is, because they've said it, it it's looking like it could be similar to what Marvel have done with the Marvel's Legends. Um, I've actually I've watched a couple of the Marvel's Legends and I've found them a little bit underwhelming. So I'm hoping they do something a little bit special with the Book of Boba Fett um, and the Boba Fett special. Um, I'm hoping we might get a few teasers of different stuff. Um, you know, a bit more information coming out. It's a good time. Obviously, they're going to be promoting what's coming up over the next year on Disney Plus. And, you know, as we know, there's a lot of stuff coming for Star Wars. So there's a good chance we're going to get a lot of information. Yeah, it's going to be definitely a good day. Um, I think that's it for news topics for this week. Unless you can think of anything on top of your head, Jason, that we've missed. Um, no, I think uh, I think we've done everything there. <laughs> Obviously, speaking of Star Wars and merchandise, um, I know you've been building some Star Wars Lego this week. Do you want to tell us all about that? Yeah, I've had the pleasure of building set 75314, the Bad Batch Attack Shuttle. Um, and I enjoyed it. Um, I, I've actually seen... The shuttle up for sale because someone basically said that they bought the kit and the only thing they liked was the minifigures um but no i quite enjoyed the build of the shuttle um you get two speeder bikes um which are pretty cool builds in their cells um when i originally saw the photograph for the ship i was worried because i thought oh no that looks like it's got a lot of stickers um, and with Lego, that is my pet hate. I really dislike the stickers. Um, but luckily, there wasn't too many. They were all pretty simple to do. And the actual minifigures of the characters are really, really nice printed figures. Um, you know, you've got... Um, fives has got the printed arm. Well, Fives is... Yeah. Um, what else have we got? Um, the Wrecker model, the helmet is absolutely brilliant. And yeah, no, all in all, I'd recommend it as a kit. It's not, I picked it up when it was on offer, so it was slightly cheaper. Um, I probably wouldn't pay what they're asking recommended retail, um, but I quite often find that with Lego. Um, so it's always worth especially this time of year the likes of Argos do quite good deals Smith's Toys um, I actually found this in a deal with WH Smith's which is not always the place I'd look for my Lego so yeah all in all I'd say it's you know quite a nice kit um, and I'm really happy because apart from Omega I've got the entire Bad Batch set yeah, I, I just want to talk about the name of the set. Yeah. So it's called the Bad Batch Attack Shuttle. Yeah. 
nobody complain about this? No, I don't think they did. I think because I don't think it has a name in the TV series. Um, whereas on... I believe it's called the Marauder. It's called the Mar- it's called the Marauder on the TV series. Is that what they? Yeah. So again, they're almost they seem to be staying away from the trademark names. Um, and I don't know if this is because that... because of the issues they've had previously. No, so I think this this makes perfect sense. I think like you know all those all those people who were like crybabies who are slave one not being on the package and saying they've changed the name, they've changed the name. No one's changed the name of a ship. It's just the name on the product. Like you know, if parents are shopping for Christmas, they don't know what slave one is. Like you know, my my wife who watches the show with me knows who Boba Fett is, but probably doesn't know his ship's called Slave One. But if she's looking for something for me for Christmas, and it says Slave One, it says uh, Boba Fett Starship. Shinaz watches buying. Do you know what I mean? It's just purely for simple marketing reasons. So again, I, I find it funny how everyone everyone was jumping and calling sort of Disney names and Lucasfilm names for the and jumping sort of just being silly about it for the slave one one. And then this comes out and May one says a word because because it you know it, it is just a case of, you know, how many people know it's called the Marauder? Yeah. Do you know what I mean, Jason, you, you watch the show a lot and you didn't, yeah. like, go to show up. If, if, if my missus was in the shop buying it, she, I don't know what the Marauder is, but she, but she knows what the Bad Batch are, it's the name of the show. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. And, um, you know, it's, I think it all stems back to what I can only call the fiasco of the Razor Crest, because obviously there was so much in the media about the fact that Disney and Lucasfilm and Lego had this big issue with the company over in Germany who apparently already had the trademark for the Razor Crest. So obviously they, there was talk that the European market, they were struggling to get the rights. The ironic thing is I still have not found a single person, and if anyone has, please message us, but I haven't found anyone who bought the Razor Crest Lego kit and had anything other than the Razor Crest written on that box. So I'm one. I actually think this is a bit of a marketing ploy. Um, and you know, obviously with the slave one, they bought it out as Boba Fett Starship. Like you say. Everyone knows it's Slave One. It, if you're a fan of Star Wars, it doesn't matter what it says on the box. It's Slave One. But I think it's just a good way. Let's face it. Everyone heard the people moaning about Slave One and the fact that it was Boba Fett Star uh, Boba Fett Starship. The old adage is: there's no such thing as bad publicity, and I think. That is partly what Lego and Lucasfilm were playing at there. Maybe. I also think it's, it's certain fans telling lies because, you know, the articles were saying, oh, they've changed the name of the ship. It's like, no, they haven't changed the name of the ship. Yeah. That's not that's not a thing. And it's, the reporters have changed the name of the ship in canon, and that's, that's false. That's lies the, by, like, certain, I'd say, right-wing fans. Yeah, there's the, it's like the whole media thing at the moment. You know, you just have to look at the fiasco that's going on with this fuel crisis that isn't really a crisis. Um, and that's all because, you know, I quite often look online, you see an article and it's 
big headlines, so-and-so said this, and then you read the article and you think, actually, that's not what they said. Um, and if you read the full context, it's very different. And I think that's what is happening. And sadly, that's the case with social media and online journalism. I personally think journalism now has got very lazy and, you know, it's all about making the impact, not about the content of the story. Or about the consequences of your story. Yes, definitely. Moving on from that, uh, have you got bought any other Star Wars things recently? Um, yeah, I've had a... I keep getting these. It's funny, I've got quite a few Star Wars t-shirts and, you know, they're getting... I've had them for quite a few years. They're well-worn and I've been looking for new t-shirts and obviously t-shirts can be quite expensive. Um, and I just happened to go into our local Asda and there was two... They're for me, the artwork on them are absolutely brilliant. Um, they're Mandalorian t-shirts. I've got one which I'm actually wearing at the moment, which is black and white, black background, white print, and you've just got the image of the Mandalorian, and it simply says the Mandalorian. There's another one which is white background, black print, which is... Um, just the helmet and i think it says something like mandalorian warrior or something absolutely brilliant t-shirts and they were six quid each so i looked at it i bought two t-shirts for the price of cheaper than i was looking at buying one t-shirt for um and you know as the quality is pretty good so yeah i was i i was happy with those purchases so I would say, you know, look out. I know the other one, Primark, do some good. And they're, they're all licensed merchandise because obviously they can't afford to um, mess around with selling hooky goods. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I was quite pleased with that. Have you um, had any purchases, Pete? Yeah, so if you go to Matalan, uh, they've got about three Star Wars t-shirts to sale in there. Again, about £10 each. Yeah. Really good quality for what they are. Um, two are the Star Wars logo. One's got the Twin Suns in the logo. One's got an X-Wing in the logo. Both fantastic. Yeah. And I've seen a third one just yesterday. Um, It's like a comic cover from the like 80 Star Wars run, the original Marvel run. Right, yeah. And it's um, and it's Vader, Boba Fett, and Stormtroopers from like the 80s comics. Um, So that looked really cool as well, um, which I... I did not buy that one. I bought the other two, but I think I'm going to go back and get it. Um, so that's cheap but good quality Star Wars T-shirts that look good there. Um, I was also at a market last weekend, and I was able to pick up uh, some vintage Star Wars. Oh, nice! So I picked up uh, picked up a Kenner 1983 Return of the Jedi figure. Uh, it was loose but in good condition, um, and it is the droid from uh, Jabba's palace. It's the one who. Not the one who talks to R2D and C3PO, but it's the one who's operating the torture mechanism on the gonk droid. Yeah, yeah, I know which one you mean. So I don't know what number he is, but uh, like what what his droid name is. But um, yeah, I picked him up for ten pounds. So you know, I thought that was sort of reasonably looked nice and clean. He's all intact. Um, 
so I picked him up. I nearly picked up a few others, but I just got him. Um, I, I I've also got a delivery from Hasbro. Also got a delivery from Hasbro Pulse yesterday, oh. um, which I've not opened yet, but I'm assuming it's I'm assuming it's my Luke Skywalker six inch in the nineties Power of the Force packaging. Nice. Um, so yeah, a few few things came in there. Uh, which is good. I I actually had a nice little purchase on um, Facebook Marketplace the other day. Um, luckily, it was local to me, and it's um, it's the Naboo Speeder with um, Captain Panica. Um, so it's like a little green speeder car in Lego. Um, I can't remember the exact because I. The sad thing is, it didn't come with the box. But for 15 quid, it's quite a nice little kit. It's been well looked after. Um, and I've got a couple of a uh, couple more of the, um, oh, what do you call it? The droid, um, the separatist droids. So, yeah, that was a good little purchase as well. So it's all good fun to look for these things. No, definitely, definitely. Have you got eyes anything coming out in the future that you want to get your get a hold of? Um, I still, I think I'm holding off for Christmas. I want to get the um, Mandalorian um, ship, Bo-Katan's ship in Lego. Um, I also want to get the um, the Armorers Armor um, Forge Lego kit. Those are the two that I really want. I'm hoping to get sorted at Christmas time. Although my aim is I really, really want to get a 3D printer and get going with doing my own Mandalorian armour. But we'll have to see with that. I've been on... So I've pre-ordered some stuff from Hasbro Pulse um, just recently. So they've got, they're releasing the three three-quarter inch Princess Leia figure. Um, so I think it's like vintage collection style. But it's going to be in the Power of the Force packaging, and it's Leia from uh, Yavin from the medal ceremony. So I pre-ordered that. Um, so yeah, the, the official title is no, sorry, it's not three three quarter inch. I think it's six inch. Uh, Star Wars: The Black Series, Princess Leia, Organa, Yavin Four, Lucasfilm fiftieth anniversary, the Power of the Force figure. Nice. So yeah, so sorry, it's not six six inch. Um. So yeah, so I pre-ordered that. And then also for pre-order, which I've not pre-ordered yet, but I'm thinking about doing, is um, they have, in the vintage collection, they've got Boba Fett, C-3PO, and R2-D2 in the animated style from the Droid series and from the from the um, holiday special. Yeah. And then in the Six and Black series, they've got the Boba Fett in the same colorway uh, in the Six Inch Black series as well. So I haven't pre-ordered them yet, but they're up for pre-order on Hasbro Pulse, and I believe they're up for pre-order on Star Action Figures as well. Yeah, I've got a feeling Steve got those um, ordered off of um, Comics and Cocktails, um, which, yeah, it, they're looking quite good. Um, actually, just reminded me of something. I, I resisted the temptation to purchase, talking about the um, figures. Um Tesco's recently I went in there their toys you know occasionally you can find some quite good deals and they had the Mandalorian retro um, 
figures in there, so in the retro packaging, and they were selling those for £8 a figure, which I know was pretty good price for those. Um, I nearly picked them up, but I didn't quite do bite it. Where was that again, sorry, Jesus? That was Tesco's. That was our local Tesco's recently. Ah, because I know Asda has stars them in, but the full price of Asda, I'm going to have a little look. I'm going to have to get myself a Tesco and see if I want to dip in the pocket and pick those up for £8, possibly. I'm tempted. Yeah, I, I nearly went for it. Um, the only thing I would, because I wanted to get them, but they were missing. Obviously, the first time I saw them, they had the Cara June figure. But they didn't have her, and I really wanted to get the full collection. So I sort of, yeah, a bit that I, I held off. And then obviously coming soon, the Haslab Rancor. It's coming at the end of the year, um, where, you know, they'll ask us to buy in and pre-order the Rancor. And if we all, if they get enough backers, then they'll make it. I'll definitely be backing the Rancor. Um, I wasn't really collecting much when the Razor Crest and when um, Jabba Seal Barge got released. So I'm looking forward to jumping on the bandwagon this time around with the Rancor. Yeah. Are you interested in the Haslab Rancor? For me, uh, I have to admit, the problem is if I went for the Hasbro stuff, I would end up bankrupting myself. So I'm being quite good at the moment. Um, and I think price-wise, it's just going to be out of out of it for me um so yeah i'm just sort of holding off on anything like that but it lo it looks like an exciting time for a lot of collectors with that one definitely you gotta think you know for me i'm thinking if i, I mean i'm tempted to buy two sort of want to keep and maybe maybe sell one because i said these are only going to be available for those who back it and once once it's shut then no more getting made so, like, you know, if, if you if people are on the fence about it and don't get it, then they want it. It's not now they have to go to the secondary market. Yeah. Um, and there'll be a lot of people with four more, I think. Um, so that's what I'm, I'm thinking. I'm definitely getting one. And even if I get one and I decide I don't want it, I can probably flip it uh, pretty decently. Yeah. Um, I have to admit that is the thing, you know, I do look at a lot of my Star Wars stuff and think, now I see it as an investment in my future. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's one of those things where, you know, normal figures, like, I would never go in the shop and buy, like, ten of the same figure and, like, stop nine other people from buying them no. to then flip them for a profit. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. But this Haslab thing, it's like, you are putting your money where your mouth is. I'm backing it to get it made. Yeah. Like, therefore, you know, it's not something that, it's not something that is readily available. Like, do you know what I mean? Definitely. Um, I'm not taking away from anyone. Like, it's, it's in the time frame it's up to pre-order, as many people can pre-order as possible as they want, if you know what I mean. Like, like how it works out, there'll be an initial backing. If it hits that backing, then it gets made. But if more people back it, then they get one as well, up until the cutoff point. Yeah. So, like, it's available. Anybody who wants one can pre-order one. Like, do you know what I mean? In that, in that time frame. Um, so, for me, when it comes to this stuff, I don't mind. Like, I, I probably wouldn't be too conscious i wouldn't be too sad about flipping it for more yeah i get that um because i think it's very it's very it's very different to buying 10 figures in a shop and then flogging them do you know what i mean yeah like i said i wouldn't do that 
But when it comes to the hazard, it's like, no, there's no, I'm, I'm putting my money where my mouth is. I'm getting this made. I don't back it. It doesn't get made. Yeah. We've all got to back it to get it made. No, definitely. Anybody can back it. Yeah. There's... Any closing thoughts from yourself, Jason, before I wrap it up? Um, I've just remembered something else that I don't think we've talked about that is coming out at the moment. Um, there was a... There's a series of Star Wars books that have been done by um, George Mann. This all goes back to, similar to what we were talking about, the um, Ghosts of Vader's castle. Um, There's now a book, I think it's already out in the US, I think it comes out this week in the UK, and it's called Star Wars Life Day Treasury, and it's written by George Mann and also Cavan Scott, and it's a series of, um, that's right, it takes on from the Star Wars Myths and Fables and Dark Legends books. So Myths and Fables was Jedi stories, Myths and Fables about characters from Star Wars. So obviously it's not canon stuff. Dark Legends was a series of stories about um, Sith Lords. And now this Life Day, I think, is more to do with you know the idea of holidays within the star wars sort of setup um so i think it's going to be quite an interesting book i've got the first two books they're really nice little hardbacks quite reasonably priced um so yeah if you're on amazon i'd say have a look at that um because they are really interesting um and they're also got some really beautiful illustrations and stuff in them so it's not just your ordinary star wars book they're a little bit special and how many of them do you do you own both the the ones that have come out already i have i've got both of those i'm just trying to see them on my bookshelf yeah i can see one of them <laughs> um they they at the moment they're one of the books that i've sort of dipped in and out of i really I've got a bit of time on my hands at the moment, so I think I'm going to sit down and do a bit of reading and relaxing. Um, but they are, as I've said in the past, you know, they're almost in the same sort of class as the lightsaber collection books. They're nice little coffee table books, um, and they've got some beautiful artwork in them. Which one's your favourite? The light side or the dark side? I've got a thing about the dark side stories at the moment. So, yeah, I'll probably go. <laughs> dark side. Yeah. I've actually got the light side one. I haven't actually opened it. So it is it is worth reading. Yeah, you know, they're definitely interesting little books. And obviously they're short stories. So you can almost read a whole story a night sort of thing. Um, and obviously they draw on in some ways it's similar to what they've done with visions you know it's it's a different look at star wars in that they're not necessarily canon stories but they're in the vein of what you'd expect from star wars yeah awesome fantastic jason where can the people find you on social media uh you get me every time with this one Where's my where's my Twitter? I think it's at Hondo Ling. Um, do, do, do. 
yeah, it's at Hondo Ling on Twitter. Um, that's pretty much the best place to catch up with me. Lovely stuff. So make sure you're following Jason at Hondo Ling on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Jolly Jedi Pete. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Bores Star. So it's just Star Wars, Star Bores Reversed at Bores Star. And you can follow the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Star Bores Podcast. Jason, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure as always talking Star Wars. Cheers, Pete. And yeah, look forward to catching up with you again soon. Definitely. Listeners, thank you very much for listening. May the force be with you all. And remember, always tell that to Kanja Club. Hello, Star Wars listeners. This is Savannah Odit. You might know me as host of The Dorky Diva Show with my co-host Brian Balance. I am also producer of The Adventures of the Zolan Dart, which is a Star Wars-inspired audio drama that we produced over the last year. If you love stories uh, about smugglers, courage, heroic characters, and maybe a few foes along the way, you should go to thedorkydivashow.com and listen to The Adventures of the Zolan Dart today. Shao, we've got your pigs. Were any of the critters harmed? What did you do now? I didn't do anything. I just freaked out for no reason. It was nice doing business with you again. Maybe next time we could deliver something less... Temperamental. <laughs> now, what you call temperamental, I call fun. Hey, is there a place nearby where I can make some repairs? Uh, oh yeah, three clicks south of here, you'll find a small spaceport. Uh, they, they should have what you need, as long as it's nothing too big. Dynamic class. My stars, you don't hear about many of those still being spaceworthy. It's been in my family for a while. She's pretty great. Uh, any chance you have a hovercart we can use to load up? I'll check out the holonet to see if anything new has come up in the sector. My name is Sereth Khan. I am the chief here on Gamai. My people and I have been experiencing food shortages as of late due to unforeseen natural occurrences. We are looking to hire someone. I say we take this one. The pay is great and it's the type of job we're familiar with. Welcome, welcome. You must be Captain Otoa. I've already sent word to Pak to expect you in the next cycle or so. You told him we were coming before we even accepted the job. That's rather presumptuous, isn't it? Uh, perhaps, though once I received confirmation that you are interested and on your way here, I couldn't help but hope. Fair enough. Well, we'll be back as soon as we can. That's not good. Is that blaster fire I hear? Ah, so you're the one. Captain, it sounds like they want to do this the hard way. (laughs) I love when they got some fight in them. Oh, this is bad. This is bad. We're about to have a lot of company. I'll see you soon.